How do you locate what moves your heart? You will not find it in the open spaces you think you crave, or the in-between moments where all is plain and unperturbed. No, these do not move your heart the way lost does. Welcome to episode two of Alone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. My name is Amanda Lux, and I'm your host. I'm a polarity educator and dream teacher and the creator of the Elevation Hive School of Energy Medicine and community membership for empaths, healers, seekers, and dreamers. In today's episode, we are exploring what moves the heart and how this can be understood in relation to the positive and negative poles of our energy system. I will be dissecting this concept, if you will, through a poem that I wrote the other night called What Moves Your Heart, which I was prompted to write by one of my guides who I met in a pyramid on the moon. And no, there's not a pyramid on the actual moon, and I didn't go there in my body, not in this reality. But it was a dream, and... Dreams can take you anywhere, so there you have it. So in a moment, I will be sharing this poem, followed by a brief description of how I came to this prompt from the Pyramid on the Moon, and then we will be exploring the polarity principles of the positive and negative poles, which are essential to embrace if we are to truly feel into this question of what moves our heart. Because the heart is a muscle, right? But energetically, it's also a portal to our deepest emotions, where our most expansive, blissful states and our deepest hurts reside, side by side. I will be explaining in polarity terms how tuning into this paradox allows us to be fully present to our humanness, and how it can even lead us to truly loving ourselves and others unconditionally. your heart. You will not find it in the open spaces you think you crave, or the in-between moments where all is plain and unperturbed. No, these do not move your heart the way loss does. What truly moves you can only be found in what disturbs your everydayness, what touches the hollow parts you hide below the surface. It is not echoing through the saccharine sounds of uproarious laughter or in the banter of your placation. It won't be found above ground where things are smooth as untouched sand. That which moves you reaches down into the ravaged depths of your heart's crevasses, where the wells of your longings dwell 
alongside all you haven't dared to grieve yet. It is never in plain sight where sunny afternoons full of languid satisfaction reside. Because what moves you cannot rise from the ashes of things unburned, just as hope cannot console you until you've almost given in. When you feel truly seen despite your hiding, when you feel truly met despite unfathomable differences, when you feel utterly held in the abyss of your aloneness, when you locate what restores you, what tenderly cradles your brokenness, revealing all the ways you have wished to be illumined, when you are overtaken by the sheer beauty of what could only come from your deepest wounding, that, my heart, is how you know that you have found what truly moves you. contemplate this question, or when I contemplated this question from the moon the other night, what it means to be moved to the core of my being, to be transported out of the ordinary and into the depths of my heart's secret chambers, I did not think about pain or suffering as the gateway to get there. And so just I, as I promised, I'm going to give you a little backstory about how I came to this question. And what happened is I was teaching an online class that I offer every month on Zoom, and it's called Be Your Own Guide to the Divine. And in this class, we gather with a question or an intention for our lives. And then we go on a conscious dream journey to bring this inquiry to our guides and our allies who then give us the answers we seek, or in my case, the questions <laughs> that will lead us to the answers we seek in the form of some kind of creative inspiration. And then we create together on Zoom live. And as we're creating, we're kind of exploring and digesting this resource through the creative process itself. And from doing some kind of creative process, we are able to gain different kinds of insight, different levels of insight than our conscious, logical mind is able to access. Um, because your creativity, just like your imagination, is the tool that allows you to perceive things intuitively. It's really through our imagination that we get insight. And it's through our creativity that we're able to open that up, that right side of the brain that's really vast, that asks these questions that surprise us with answers our only our higher selves can access because we're in that expansive, imaginative zone where we're pulling in new thoughts and new ideas and new ways of approaching old problems. And so... For me, in this journey, I ended up on the moon. I wasn't expecting to go to the moon, but that's where I went. And 
I saw this giant pyramid and I went inside and it was all empty. And I've been there before. I've been to this pyramid. (laughs) And at any rate, there was a guide of mine sitting there all alone in the dark. And I sat down in my imagination. I sat down in my dream body in front of this guide. And I was like, so, hey, what's what's up? What am I doing here? Why am I here anyway? Because I was expecting to receive an image for a painting. Normally I paint my dreams and that's, I'm a painter and I love painting. And oftentimes whatever question I'm seeking in this format, I usually get some kind of animal guide and then I paint it and we talk and I learn from it as I'm painting or I process the energy of whatever it's bringing and, or whatever my question is for my life through the process of painting. But this time I didn't get a painting. I didn't get an image. I was just sitting in this empty pyramid across from my guide and without communicating verbally, I understood that he was offering me a different assignment. And what he asked me to do was to just contemplate this question through writing, through a poem. And specifically, I understood that the instruction involved creating this episode from that. So the question that he asked me was, what moves your heart? And I, I didn't know. <laughs> I sat there just staring blankly uh, into this dark space, wondering what moves my heart. I don't know. And he says, well, go write about it and find out. And so that's what I did. And this was the poem that came out of that. And again, it really surprised me. It wasn't what I was expecting where it took me. And I wanted to share that story of how I came to this because I think it's really magical that we can find new ways of receiving information like that. Um, It's not something I would have thought of on my own or thought to contemplate. And of course, there was greater meaning for my life. And because of the nature of this podcast, this wasn't a question that was being offered just to me. This was a question that was meant to resonate with you, specifically you who are listening to this right now. And for whatever reason, this was the medicine that I was being prompted to offer for your reflection to try on this dream as your own and to sit with this question and to maybe contemplate how to relate to your own heart in this way, how to sort of rectify these opposite ideas of accepting our blocks as the path itself to our to our greatest knowing that they're not in the way of it that they're actually the way yeah
So you might be wondering how how does this concept of our heart and the emotional qualities that exist there how does that relate to polarity and what is the positive and negative pole and so I wanted to tie that into just taking a look at the heart itself to begin with and recognizing that the heart itself is a muscle which opens and closes with each heartbeat and in the most literal interpretation you could say that it is this very mechanism of expansion and contraction that moves the heart, right? And it's through this opening and closing, through the healing and the breaking and the rehealing and the rebreaking of our heart that we feel alive, that we are alive. And this metaphor also relates totally to the polarity principles of the positive and negative pole, which are the two opposite charges in our energy system. And so your energy is comprised of an electromagnetic field that can be measured scientifically by the electromagnetic force or charge which emanates from the heart itself. And this is the same electromagnetic field that surrounds the planet. It's just like that. And as you know, the planet has a positive and a negative pole, a north and a south. And you could say that at the center of the earth, there's a powerful magnetic storm in the very core of the planet. And that's what generates this charge and it creates this electromagnetic field. It's not unlike the heart of the earth that's pulsing. So we are like these miniature planets with this measurable electromagnetic field with a positive and a negative charge, a north and a south pole. But the most important thing in polarity energy balancing is actually the neutral pole. It's actually, we have three poles. We have a positive, negative, and a neutral pole, which is essential in anything electrically related, right? You've got to have a neutral pole as well. And the neutral pole is really the key when it comes to balancing our energy system because our emotions hold a charge they might hold a positive charge if it's a really great feeling, or it might hold a negative charge if it's a really challenged feeling, right? Or a hard feeling. So that's one way to look at it. And in a polarity session, most of our imbalances show up like a strong charge in the field, which could be in either the positive or the negative pole. And when we are palpating or feeling into a client's energy system, you could just imagine for a moment that, say, the imbalance was in the positive pole at the top of the body. And this could show up like so they're having a headache or they're o overwhelming thoughts or heaviness. And when we encounter this energy, we don't necessarily want to go get right in it. We don't want to go stand there or place our hands on that person's head or we're just going to end up amplifying the energy because we also carry a charge in our own body. And so by accentuating their charge with our charge, it's going to be agitating, potentially activating for their nervous system. And so almost always as a general rule, we want to go to the opposite pole of the body in order to open the energy and give it somewhere to go. And we don't have to work hard when we get there. It's not like we're 
you know, need to use a lot of pressure to release that physical pressure. This We're talking about energy here, but it's very palpable and it's a very potent thing when you're aware of it and you're tuned in and you're listening because you can go and just stand there or maybe make the gentlest contact with their feet and suddenly things will start to clear. It'll start to regulate. The energy will start to cycle in a new way that feels more balanced. There'll be a release. So there's no digging or pushing or doing or coercing. We're just being in a very neutral way with their energy. And through this resonance, the energy, energy starts to regulate. So if you look at this metaphorically, if we want to treat our heart the way we would treat a client in a session, just the way we would sit at a client's feet with a neutral presence in order to balance the positive pole, for instance, we can do that. We can sit with our own feelings, with our own challenges, our own painful truths with this same kind of gentle presence not tormenting ourselves or getting all re-traumatized by diving into the abyss of pain that we've been ignoring <laughs> you know, or numbing from, but by simply acknowledging and being with it in the most subtle way. That's enough to open the pathway. And we want to just go ever so gently, treating our heart space like it's a sacred temple, knowing that it's this pulsation itself that keeps us alive. It's the opening and closing of our energy as well as the physical muscle that allows us to be moved. And we're not meant to dwell in one place or the other, in one pole or the other, in only the joy or only the pain. Because even though it's true that they exist on opposite sides of the same pole as in this dualistic perspective, they actually exist on a continuum. It's not necessarily just a linear journey. And if you even look at the poles on the planet, if you go far enough east, eventually you're west. If you go far enough north, eventually you're south. And this is a principle of polarity that's been written in the hermetic and alchemical texts of old. It's, it's one of the most profoundly fundamental concepts to grasp in order to rectify these opposites that exist within us. Because it's only when we can actually hold space for these opposite emotions within us to coexist that we can actually accept and grow. And from this place, we can actually tune in and really, truly love ourselves unconditionally. heart. 
the mind usually wants to go either to the positive pole, to the places where we feel affinity and expansive love and connection and adoration, or to the negative pole, the suffering. And we might feel sometimes when we touch into our heart just some sadness or or heaviness. And we might think that we have to do something about that. Like, oh no, I have a block and I need to change that. I need to open my heart up, right? We all think we need to open our heart. But I just wanted to share that I don't think that we need to always just go open the heart. Those blocks exist for a reason too. And that's all part of the compensation of our ability to move through and digest our experiences and the energy of our lives. And we're not just here to ascend into some pure state of equanimity, that we're here to be with what is. But that's not always so easy to do. It's hard sometimes to be with ourselves. But, you know, if we don't, if we tune out and we disconnect from our deepest emotions or from our negative pole, we can't just selectively disconnect because we will then lose access to both the positive and the negative. We can't tune in and not feel our deepest hurts to some extent. And it's through that that we find our most expansive states of ecstasy. There's no other way out but through. (laughs) And I just wanted to bring this episode to a close with a quote by Brene Brown, who really eloquently sums up this whole concept that we've been talking about in her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability. Brene says, we cannot selectively numb the hard feelings and expect to feel only the good ones. So when we numb those, we, we numb joy and gratitude. We numb happiness. And then we are miserable and we're looking for purpose and meaning. And then we feel vulnerable. So we have to have a couple of beers and a banana nut muffin, and it becomes this dangerous cycle. So thank you, Brene, for that, because don't we all just need a banana nut muffin every now and again? And wouldn't it be better if we could just not numb out (laughs) instead? of always going there, right? Just of, of, rather than always going for the beer and the muffin, could we maybe try to just sit with ourselves in a little bit of neutrality? How can we find neutrality and not avoid or really bypass the challenges that are here to offer us these growth opportunities that help us to grow beyond our perceived limitations to learn to be present with the full range of our human experience. And if we can do that, I really think then, you know, that's how we know that we are fully alive in the moment. That's how we know what truly moves our heart. So thank you so much for joining me for this second episode 
of A Lone Traveler's Guide to the Divine. And I just want to mention briefly that you are absolutely invited to head over to elevationhive.com and join us for our monthly dream circle or for one of our monthly classes. The one I mentioned called Be Your Own Guide to the Divine happens on the third Tuesday of every month. And there's no experience necessary, no artistic abilities. You don't have to have any special gifts. You are absolutely welcome and your first class is always free. You're also invited to join our community membership program, or if you would like to just support this podcast, you can check out our Patreon where we have three different levels of awesomeness starting at just $5 a month, which includes access to a private podcast where we have monthly guided meditations. We would absolutely love for you to check out our classes, check out our website, elevationhive.com. That's E-L-E-V-A-T-I-O-N-H-I-V-E.com. Or to just simply subscribe and follow us on social media or share this podcast with a friend. Because by we, I really mean me. I'm kind of a one-woman show here down to the music you're hearing in the background right now where I'm harmonizing with myself. So I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. It is such an honor to be in sacred community with you. We're all alone, alone. We're